Fantasy Baseball today on Wednesday, August 3rd. We're going to attempt to answer this question. Does the Home Run Derby screw up the participants, Al? I was skeptical, but I have a feeling I'm going to be less skeptical yeah, in a few seconds. We have some interesting research. Now, I do want to say one thing here. Football is kind of taking center stage, but don't sleep on this baseball season because five of the six division races are within three games. And last night we had a great NL Central game between the Brewers and Cardinals. Cardinals won an extra innings. Yadier Molina, fantasy-wise, probably going to get suspended. He went crazy, ended up, looked like, inadvertently spitting on the home plate umpire. Uh, Ryan Braun was thrown out. Albert Pujols was hit by a pitch. Great game. So that's a two-and-a-half game race. These are the games, the, the games separating first and second place in all six divisions from AL East to NL West. One game, three games, one game, eight games in the NL, in the NL East. That's a bad division right now. A uh, bad race anyway. Two and a half in the Central. Tied in the NL West. Great Great day of baseball yesterday, and things are pretty interesting right now. Oh, definitely are. And again, you know, things are also probably interesting in a lot of your fantasy leagues, too. So. Yes. And that's what we're here for. Right. So, uh, first of all, Jason Kipnis homered again. Mm-hmm. So that's three in a row. And Rick Ankeel hit a grand slam. So we talked about them yesterday. Is there anything you want to add to what we said yesterday? No, not really. Uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of good things to say about Rick Ankeel, but, um, you know, power is the one part of his game that. Um, I don't know if I would go so far to say that you can count on, but it's probably the strongest asset uh, he brings to the table. So if he goes on a power streak, not a huge surprise, but it hasn't really changed my outlook on him. Kipnis, you know, again, he hasn't been up for that long, but uh, nice to see the power translate to the major leagues. Yeah, um, and then there was this great quote. I don't know if you saw this. It's from Jack McKeon. I took this right right from the AP story. During his pregame session with reporters in his office, the 80-year-old McKeon picked up his cell phone to see who was calling, (laughs) then snapped it shut. Ah, Obama, McKeon deadpan. Sign the thing. What are you calling me for? (laughs) I did did read about that. What? Is there a funnier manager right now? That's hilarious. That is awesome. All right, so before we get into the show, three up, three down, rotation, injuries, and more from around baseball, uh, let's look at the Home Run Derby participants. And what they've done since the All-Star break. There were eight of them. Bautista, Fielder, Cano, Adrian Gonzalez, Ortiz, Weeks, Holiday, Kemp. So what I found was that a lot of them got off to slow starts after that uh, early July All-Star break. And the slugging percentages are down. Jose Bautista, since the All-Star break, hit his first home run last night in 44 at-bats since the break. 250, one home run, seven RBIs. Slugging down from 702 to 386. Prince Fielder, 292 with two home runs, six RBIs. Slugging down from 575 to 446. Looks like he might be snapping out of it a little bit, though. Robinson Cano, slugging down from 521 to 418. Hitting 291 with a home run and 13 RBIs. Adrian Gonzalez is on a tear right now. Last seven games of July, he collected 17 hits, but only one home run. Since the All-Star break, and his slugging percentage is down from 591 to 459 despite that stretch. David Ortiz, uh, he hit 304 before the break with 19 home runs, 213 with one home run since the break in 15 games. And he's gotten a little cold recently, one hit in his last six games. Before that, he was doing okay, just still no power. Mm -hmm. Ricky Weeks played 13 games before getting hurt, 217, two home runs, four RBIs. Matt Holliday hadn't homered until August. He hit two home runs since then, one on Monday, one on Tuesday. Those were his first two home runs since participating in the Home Run Derby. Matt Kemp, he is 
a little bit different. He's actually been uh, he's been great lately. Ten game hitting streak with 18 hits right now. 358, four home runs, 17 RBIs, only one steal. Uh, but that's not really relevant. Right. But that that has gone down for him. But overall, the slugging percentages are down. Uh, and it's weird. Yeah. Well, and again, remember, too, with slugging, that captures your batting average. Yeah. So um, it sounds like with maybe a couple of those guys, it's more of a batting average problem than a, a power problem. But, you know, the majority of the guys that you talked about have been lacking power or are just starting to heat up. So I think that's those are really interesting data. Yeah. So, in other words, one home run for Bautista, two for Fielder, one for Cano, uh, one for Adrian Gonzalez, one for Ortiz, two for Weeks, two for Holiday. Four for Kemp since the All-Star break. I do see some signs, though, and not like as a scout, but just <laughs> looking at the box scores, signs that these guys are coming around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe it just takes a little bit of time. Maybe it's a total coincidence. I don't know. But it's interesting. Yep. Maybe calls for, for even more research. Keep that in mind next year, everybody. Mm-hmm. Three up, three down. Looking at Tuesday's games. Three up, number one is Alfonso Soriano. So he's still owned in 72% of leagues, only activated in 41%. Homered Saturday, homered Sunday, twice on Tuesday as the Cubs, 21 hits and six home runs yesterday against the Pirates. What do you do with Soriano? I think if you were ignoring Soriano before or benching him, don't change a thing because this is, it's a power streak. Power's never really been a problem for Soriano. So in his year, power numbers are pretty much in line with where they've been. Still doesn't walk. We haven't, we haven't expected that to change. It hasn't changed. And the batting average is, is low um, because he, you know, he swings for the pen- fences. Not for the fences. Uh, <laughs> <except when laughs> not until they play Philly. Phillies, yeah. right. Swings for the fences. So you know, with the homers come a lot of fly ball outs. Same old thing. Okay, for so you're not, uh, not overreacting there. Uh, okay, three up number two is Mike Napoli. So we had an email that was sent to us asking for uh, catcher replacements for, you know, one guy was using J.P. Aaron Sibia. Mike Napoli is out there on waivers. Well, Mike Napoli is the number one catcher in head-to-head and roto leagues over the last 28 days, 93% ownership. So he's not out there in a lot of leagues. Started in 82% of leagues. Are you buying this? Yeah, I am. And by the way, not only uh, not out there in a lot of leagues, but not even sitting on very many benches. And and that's appropriate. so uh, I haven't looked at a game log for him lately, but it seems oh, he's like he's well. playing. He's well, it seems well. like he's playing just about every day. That's true. Yeah, he is. That's the thing you worry about more with Mike Napoli. Early in the season, yeah, he wasn't hitting very well, but he can hit. Yeah. Um, would you rather have Mike Napoli or Matt Wieters? I would much rather have Mike Napoli, and that's probably even if he's not playing as much as he's playing right now. So if he is available in your league, might be a guy you want to pick up, but uh, only 7% of leagues where that's the case. Ryan Roberts is three up number three. He's hot. Six game hitting streak, 10 hits, five RBIs, two home runs, and a steal in those six games. And he's walking a lot. And he is owned in 85% of leagues, started in 59%. Yeah, um, I think probably this is a a streak that's a little above and beyond his normal level. Um, And I like Roberts. Good power for somebody who's got the versatility that he has in the multi-position eligibility. But Sort of interesting. His fly ball rate's down a little bit this year. And, um, you know, if anything, you would probably expect his power production to be down slightly, not up. And it's up more than just a little bit this year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, see him move in the other direction power-wise at some point. At second base, Ryan Roberts or Jamal. Let's go back to yesterday's show, Jamal Weeks. Hmm. I think I'd go with Weeks. A uh, little more consistency there, uh, better rounded uh, skill set. Three down now. Three players trending down. Matt Joyce. Matt Joyce did have a nice fantasy week 17. 
25 points, but he went over three Tuesday night. And just overall, since week 10, hasn't really been that good. 76% ownership, started in 39% of leagues. Drop or stash Matt Joyce? I say stash him, um, and I would read a little something into that good week 17 he had. Uh, looking at some monthly trend data that I saw, and of course he was on you know, uh, both a power tear and a good uh, batting average tear early on in the season, first couple of months. But sort of interesting, in April, fly ball rate was 36%. These are, by the way, by way of uh, Fangraphs.com. Uh, on May, goes up a little bit, 41%. And then June just went hog wild, 53% fly ball rate. So up, up, up. Oh, I can hit home runs. Well, then, you know, the, uh, the bottom fell out in June. He wasn't hitting home runs. He was just popping out a lot. And then July, back to 44%. So I think he's, to me, you know, could be just randomness, but could be that he's really made some adjustments here. And the fact that he, you know, has hit better uh, in the past week and really a little bit longer than that, um, you know, I tend to think that he's, he's working stuff out. Okay, so that's, I think Joyce, you stash him. Okay, that's Matt Joyce. Let's go to Carlos Pena. What do you do with him? 0 for 5 on a night where the Cubs had 23 hits. And he's uh, in July, 216, three home runs, eight RBI. So he didn't have a very good July. Yeah. Uh, he's still owned in 81% of leagues. Carlos yeah. Pena. Yeah, you remember early in the year we talked about Pena and, you know, working on a swing and, you know, he was going to – uh, bounce back from last season. Well, his stats right now are very, very similar to last season's with Tampa Bay. Uh, and he, the, the problem last year for him, the big problem was, I mean, he's always been sort of one-dimensional with power, maybe two-dimensional with, with uh, being able to draw walks. But uh, last season, he, he just became a ground ball hitter that's persisted this season. So he just seems to have become a different hitter. He is so bad against lefties. Looking at his splits yesterday, it's just, man... He is just not good at all yeah. against lefties. So if you're starting Carlos Pena and there's a week where he's facing lefties, he might face them. Right. But he, he he's probably not going to do much against them. Uh, okay, Ian Kinsler is three down, number three. Since homering and driving in four on the 25th of July, Kinsler's one for 26. No stolen base attempts since July 4th, so that really affects his value a lot if he's not stealing. What do you think about Kinsler? I don't get uh, too alarmed by this. It's obviously really annoying if you've got him rostered. <laughs> you've had him active the last couple of weeks. But, um, you know, the, okay, so you're saying no stolen base attempts since the fourth. That's a pretty long He's stretch. He's got a month without an attempt. Yeah. But we've seen this with some other players, too. And, uh, you know, I've never really looked into it. But maybe there's a lot more streakiness, not just with stolen bases, but with attempts. Than, uh, than I certainly realize. Well, Matt Kemp is on one of those streaks now. He's yeah. not stealing. Juan Pierre, when we looked at it, what did we say yesterday? Five steals and seven attempts right. in July? Yeah. But for Pierre, that's not great. Yeah. Uh, we'll see with Kinsler. I'm not sure what to make about the attempts. Putting that aside, he's been really consistent this year from month to month. So the one for 26, I think he'll, he'll snap out of it. Rotation time. Oh, Phil Hughes. Top of the rotation today. And yesterday he looked like a top of the rotation guy. Six innings, which actually ended up being a complete game and a range-shortened game. Three hits allowed, all singles against the White Sox. No walks, four strikeouts, no runs allowed. Best start of the year by far for Phil Hughes. And what did I text you during the game? When or what? What did I say? Uh, something like he's on fire. He's back. You said Phil he's back. Hughes is back with capital letters, but I, that might have been a little bit hasty. Yeah, I think that uh, White was Sox like, can't hit. I think that was like one batter into the first it inning. It was after the first <laughs> inning. He threw 95 in the first inning, and that was a great sign. That, 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 that is. Didn't reach 95 the rest of the game, but 94 a few times, 93 pretty consistently. 
I mean, I'm more hopeful. What do you think about Hughes? Sure, I am too. Um, you know, starts with the velocity, and then, you know, we'll see where he goes from there. Again, what, I think three starts ago, it looked like his velocity was up. This could be an yeah. ongoing struggle for Hughes right now. Uh, so that makes him a stash guy, I think. Certainly not dropping him if you have him, but, uh, you know, let's look at a couple more starts down the road. I agree. White Sox were without Canerico too, and they're just not hitting very well right now. True. Brad Hand. Second in the rotation, two runs in five innings against the Mets. A 2.86 ERA for hand, and he's only owned in 3% of leagues, Al. That's a little bit low, um, but, um, you know, don't get too persuaded by his ERA, which is 2.86 right now. He's been some kind of lucky, I think. Yeah. Um, he, there's been some games. Now, this is probably his best start on Tuesday um, against the Mets. But, you know, mostly because he didn't walk that many guys. I don't know what the final total was. I want to say maybe two. But um, overall, he's walked a lot of batters. Um, he's been pulled early from a couple of starts because he's just totally lost his control and because Jack McKeon has him on a really, really short leash. But um, he's still an NL-only guy, even though he's got a mixed league ERA. Homer Bailey is third in today's rotation. He got his sixth win of the year, eight innings, one run in Houston. And rebounding from an awful start against the Mets last week. Bailey is owned in 39% of leagues. Yeah, well, first of all, Houston is, I think, the new San Diego. <laughs> uh, the Padres yeah. are starting to hit and score some runs. Uh, the, you know, Houston gutted that lineup. Uh, so, you know, we may see a lot more things like this. And, and I also say that, too, because Bailey just really hasn't been that good this year. He's really taken a step backwards from last year. So, uh, you know, coming into the season, of course, there have been health issues. But even so, I thought... You know, this is a guy who's going to be pretty reliable in standard mixed leagues. He hasn't really quite lived up to that level. Bailey or Lackey? Right now, I would give Bailey a little bit of an edge, um, you know, but not not a big difference there. Bailey or uh, Brett Myers? I would say a little more dependable, uh, or the gap there, let's say, is between Bailey and Myers, a little bigger than with Lackey. But So, yeah, Bailey over both of those guys. David Huff. David Huff pitching for the Indians very well. He has made three starts, and he's allowed only one earned run in those three starts. But he's moving to the bullpen for Cleveland. Any chance he goes back to the rotation? Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm not completely clear. Maybe you've seen some reports that I haven't. Um, but at least as of last night, I don't think the Indians had completely figured out the situation. Um, I read it this morning. Okay, well, then that's just maybe a late-breaking thing uh, that I didn't catch before we started taping. Yeah, I think he's going back. And yeah, it we makes sense. We were talking about the rotation. Who, who could he possibly replace if he did replace? You know, Carrasco's a, right. been struggling. Mm -hmm. Tomlin. But they're not going to replace Masterson. Not going to replace Jimenez. Probably not Carmona, although or Carmona. to me he would have probably been the next most likely candidate. But no, I, you know, Huff would look to be the odd guy out. It doesn't surprise me if the Indians did decide to move him back to the, the bullpen. And if not for these three great starts, it would, would have been a no-brainer. Yeah. I can't figure Huff out. Um, and it could just be one of those three-game stretches that just about everybody is capable of going through. Yeah, but in Boston last night. Yeah, but you, know, you look at his AAA numbers, I think he's made – uh, you know, four separate uh, stints, uh, you know, four straight years where he spent at least some time in AAA. And each year his uh, strikeouts, it's either every year they've gone down or certainly the overall trend is that the strikeouts have gone down. Uh, you know, you expect it to be the other way around. So hard, hard to figure it out. He might get another start, though, with Carrasco suspended. Yes. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. 
Uh, Alfredo in you know deep and AL only leagues. Alfredo Simone. Speaking of AL only leagues, seven solid innings against Kansas City. One earned run, four hits, a walk, and three Ks. He's owned in four percent of leagues. Yeah, pitching all right. He's been really good. In fact, even though he's barely owned in any leagues, I decided to include him in the pitching planner this week as a. Uh, potential guy you might consider in standard mixed leagues because of the two starts and because he's been good since he's been in the Orioles rotation. Uh, I still think it's a little premature for that, but you know, somebody to consider at least in those two start weeks. I'm thinking of some names here. Simone or Carmona? Carmona. Brian Dunsing, who did not pitch well yesterday. Yeah. And no, I mean, I actually did recommend Dunsing coming into this week. So I think even though he's been inconsistent, uh, the longer track record would convince me to still stick with Dunsing for right now. Bruce Chen, who also <laughs> did not pitch great. He did you not. You pitched him yesterday. I did, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a complete disaster, but not as good as, as I thought he could do um, against Baltimore. Against Simone, in fact. Um, so Chen versus Simone. I'd say probably, I think Simone's going to be more consistent, reliable start to start. Yeah, Alfredo Simone, very under own. 4% of leagues. Let's go through the injuries, news, and notes now. Start out with Hanley Ramirez. I gasped last night when I saw the news that he had left the game. Did you see it? I did see it, and it was it was one of those things that was ugly looking at the time. Yeah, looked like it was probably going to be much worse than it appears to have turned out. Uh, he was writhing uh, in the shallow out, uh, outfield in, in just a lot of pain. Yeah, but he's day to day with a shoulder injury. Yeah, so so it looks like he dodged a bullet there. Uh, Jared Weaver suspended six games. That was crazy, too. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. That that whole incident with the Tigers and Carlos Guillen. I've never seen a guy flaunt the home run like that. Ever. That was pretty incredible. Um, so Weaver suspended six games. Keep an eye on that for ne- next week. Looks that way. I, I haven't seen any. All I've seen is that he is likely to appeal, which, you know, is, is pretty much always the case. Yeah. So uh, we just have to stay tuned on that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right about that. I forgot that note. Okay, a setback for Johan Santana in his rehab. I mean, at this point, can anyone realistically expect anything from Santana this year? I don't think it was realistic before. Not to say, you know, that he couldn't have uh, given us some starts in late uh, August and, and through September. But it was a dicey prep proposition. And, uh, you know, we were looking at late August at the, in the best-case scenario anyway, and a lot can happen in a rehab uh, stint uh, over the course of a, of a month. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he's gone from risky to riskier. Carlos Carrasco is dropping his appeal of his suspension, so he'll miss six games, but he will start Wednesday in Boston if you own him this week and you're starting him. Chipper Jones still dealing with the bad quad. He's not ready to start yet, so that's annoying. And then some more notes for daily league owners. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki, Albert Pujols, Paul Canerico, Melky Cabrera all seem to have minor injuries right now. So you want to check on Pujols, Tulo, Canerico, and Cabrera. Pujols stayed in the game last night. I would think he'd play tonight, but but fantasynews.cbssports.com will have the latest. Yeah, well, and it's worth checking up on because uh, he got hurt. Uh, it was hit. Uh, hit by a pitch. pitch right, around the, the same, wrist, I think. The same wrist that was broken, so... Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and looks like Carlos Gonzalez will be back next week in Fantasy Week 19. He might return this weekend, but you probably will be able to put him in your lineup next week. Will Bud Norris make his next start, Al? He had a blister problem on Monday. Yeah, um, left uh, that game early on Monday. Uh, so nothing definitive yet. Uh, I would say likely, but no, no definitive uh, decision made there with Norris. 
And some quotes from the Red Sox that were a little bit optimistic about Clay Buckholz returning. Buckholz himself said he's kind of aiming for the postseason. So I still think it's safe to drop him. What do you think? You know, if you can afford to keep him, I think if there's any possibility you can get something from Buckholz in the last week or two, why not keep? Uh, why not hang on to him? I mean, him? are you really going to have confidence in throwing a guy out there who had a back problem, has been out for so long? Let's say he, he comes back in fantasy week 24 and you're in the finals. I mean, right now, no, but in mid-September, things could look a lot different. He okay. goes on a rehab assignment, looks strong. You never know what can happen. It's a long shot, and if you've got a, a tight roster situation, yeah. yeah, I'd say go ahead and drop him. Yeah, I mean, if you have a couple DL slots, yeah. There's, there's no harm there. More from Around Baseball, and then we will quick pitch. And let's look at Paul Goldschmidt. He homered off Tim Lincecum, his first career home run. He's owned in 34% of leagues. He crushed it, too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's off of Tim Lincecum. Yeah, that's, that's, a, nice, that's, a, good, uh, that's a nice little thing to put start. in your trophy case. Yeah, um, I guess don't, don't overreact yet. No. Or, okay, we'll, we'll wait and see if we can see more from Goldschmidt. What do you think about Michael Kadire? Just every time you check the Twins box score, he's doing something. 545 slugging percentage in July and a 336 batting average. Buy or sell Michael Kadire? Uh, I would say don't, don't buy. Um, sell or, or, you know, milk the, milk the hot streak. Um, but, yeah, I think it's worthwhile selling. He, he is a hard guy to figure out because there's so much inconsistency on every level, year to year, month to month. Um, so... This could be legit, but if you can get good value for him, I think it's worth testing the market. From Kadire to Danny Espinosa, two hits and a home run, his 18th home run of the year. So this guy's owned in 92% of leagues, 65% ownership. I know people are frustrated with him because he had four hits in 13 games before Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Does he turn it around, or is he a low batting average guy who's going to hit home runs? That's who he is. Uh, That said, I think there'll be some turnaround because that was an extreme slump, but you... Described him very well. Okay. (laughs) Rajay Davis. You know, when we talked about him last week, he had just gotten traded. And Jeff Lippman said he did his best to impress his manager. He stole two bases right before the the Rasmus trade. Mm -hmm. And he stole two more last night. He attempted three steals, doubled, and drove in a run. So is there any value there still with uh, Rajay Davis, who's owned 44% of leagues? Yeah, and I think that's an ownership rate that's pretty appropriate. But, yeah, no, there is some value because Davis for – the bulk of his career has been a part-time guy or a guy who's been a starter just for periods of time. And he's had fantasy value because he cranks out those stolen bases. So yeah. that's the, the same deal. What do you think about another speedster outfielder, Jose Constanza of the Braves, who's batting 400 right now, very limited at bats. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he could be a good batting average guy, um, but you know, like Davis and a number of other guys, Somebody who, even if he sees his playing time reduced, which in time I think we're going to see, will still have some fantasy value. And only for sure uh, deeper, or not deeper, but shallower rotisseries than just NL only uh, for sure. Beyond that, I I think uh, we have to wait and see. Derek Lowe has not had a quality start since June 29th. He allowed seven runs last night at Washington. 66% ownership for Derek Lowe. I can't figure that out. Uh, The 66% ownership? Absolutely not. Um, yeah, no, that's that's one of the more puzzling things in uh, fantasy yeah. year, this year that uh, people just refuse to drop him, and there's really no <laughs> sign of improvement for Lowe. So I don't. In fact, Lowe's one of the guys I took the most heat for when uh, when there were preseason projections, and uh, I think I had him for 12 wins, 
And I got some some email. People really, really steamed that you know this wow. guy Bobby Cox says he has, and he's not even the manager anymore. Bobby Cox says this guy could be a twenty game winner, and uh, you know I'm not sure what the the love for Derek Lowe is all about, but it's out there. Nah, well it shouldn't be. Would you be so bold as to drop Derek Lowe and take a shot at Alfredo Simone, or is that going overboard? Uh. No, it's not going overboard. I mean, like I said, I think we need to see a little bit more for Simone. Yeah. But I think that's not crazy talk just simply because Lowe's not really worth keeping yeah. in, in, in a lot of leagues. There's, there's no risk in dropping him. If you want to try Simone, why not? So three guys hit two home runs last night other than Alfonso Soriano. Garrett Jones, Ryan Howard, Mark Teixeira. We care about any of these other than some obvious – Analysis? Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I can offer is the obvious uh, analysis well, here. Howard has has been hotter lately. Yeah, and you and you said Teixeira would would turn it around, even though he had a lot of home runs in the first half. He's now hitting for a high average over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So you know, I got to got to give you credit for that one. He was on that list you made right after the All Star break of guys. I think. Who would regress up to the mean, right? Right, right, right. And I think that was – I could be wrong here. I think that was based on the fact that he's uh, better late in the season. That too, and, and maybe the, a Babip thing also. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. He had very, very low Babip, although he was also popping out a ton. So I can't remember exactly what that was uh, a few weeks back. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's doing better. Okay, so after I texted you about Phil Hughes, I want to pull up what you said to me about Omar Fonte. <laughs> okay. Um, it was pretty funny. You said – Meanwhile, it's Omar Infante's world. We just live in it. Yeah. So he <laughs> he had three hits and two home runs last night. Yeah, yeah. No, he uh, had a really good game, and he's been hot lately um, for the Marlins. So uh, I don't really read a whole lot into Infante's streak for, for fantasy purposes. Uh, I don't think he was as ineffective or wasn't going to be as ineffective going forward as he had been for much of the season up to this point. I guess that's that's the impact there, but definitely on a nice little hot streak right now. He's only in 40% of leagues. Another second base option for you. Dropper stash, Chris Capuano. Uh, I would say stash. Um, okay. He pitched yeah. well last night, but he allowed two home runs to Omar Infante. Yeah, that's Capuano's M.O. Um, in fact, somebody, I don't remember, one of the uh, Met Beat writers tweeted last night, uh, Chris Capuano sure loves City Field, lots of deep fly ball outs. And, and another, you know, if he were still with the Brewers or the Diamondbacks, I don't think he'd see results that are as good. Um, he's a real big-time fly ball pitcher. But for the Mets, uh, yeah, definitely has some value. Do you make anything of Colby Lewis getting roughed up in Detroit last night, 10 hits, four earned runs, and four innings, and that's two bad starts in a row. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy, I am sure glad I included him in the – here comes the plug – the uh, upcoming uh, Lucky Unlucky oh, yeah? column where I said he's going to keep being really good because uh, before last night he had six quality starts out of his last eight, uh, and they, a lot of them were not just you know uh, barely quality starts. They were, they were really good starts, so – uh, that said, Detroit, a tough opponent. Every pitcher hits skids now and then. Lewis has been good the last two months. Max Scherzer, only one strikeout in six innings, but against the Rangers, he allowed just two runs. Five straight starts for Scherzer, allowing two earned runs or less. So, I mean, is he back? I, I really hesitate to say he's back because there's such a pattern of inconsistency with Scherzer, but... Turning a corner, maybe I can soften it a bit there and say definitely seems to be turning a corner and, and building some consistency. Edgar Renteria, Al, he's hitting well lately and hit a grand slam last night. You hit a grand slam, you usually make the notes. So <laughs> any value there for Renteria? Nah. Good, good. All right. Nice for him, but 
I uh, think if you're looking for a shortstop, you need to move on. Kyle Kendrick in Colorado. Eight innings, scoreless, two walks, seven strikeouts, and four hits. That is a nice outing for Kyle Kendrick. Six and five with a 3-1-9 ERA. Does this change anything when Roy Oswalt comes back? I don't see how. I don't yeah. know who, who else... Uh... You know, you know, uh, Cliff Lee's not going to the bullpen, right? Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it's funny because I actually thought about quick pitching Kendrick yesterday, and then I realized that Oswalt was probably coming back, and then the news came out that he's definitely coming back uh, this weekend. So I think uh, Kendrick's done, but a nice uh, fill-in job by him. Cliff Lee, lefty specialist. There you go. <laughs> Loogie man. Uh, Hiroki Kuroda is only started in 53% of leagues, probably because of the record, but... He had lost four straight starts until last night. He's now 7-13, and 13, but he's still – he's really good. ERA is under three, seven scoreless, eight strikeouts in San Diego. Yeah, he is good. Um, I don't know that there's really anything wrong. In fact, I'm looking at yeah, 53% uh, starting, starting, if I'm reading the notes correctly. 84% ownership, 53% starting. Yeah, no, that's right on target because is, as good as he is – He's not quite at the level where you're going to use him every week in a standard mixed league. You got to start again. So is he a two-start guy this week? Do you remember? Uh, I, hey, I don't remember. I'm, I'm about eighty percent sure he he is. All right, let's just say he is. If you got a two-start Corona and one of those is at San Diego, fifty-three percent seems a little low to me. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll agree with that. In a typical week. Good sure. numbers, but you're right. More people should have trusted him. This Another week. great start for Irvin Santana. Complete game, one earned run. He threw 121 pitches. I looked up the pitch count because I thought maybe he had thrown a lot in his no-hitter, but he only threw, I think, 105 in that. Yeah, I fell asleep on this guy. I really did because he didn't have a very good April, and when I you know, would do things like work on the pitching planner or you know, research him, and I would see the overall stat line, I'm like, okay, he's having an Irvin Santana kind of year, but you wipe out that April. He has really oh, yeah. improved this year, Santana. And it's, you know, it's obviously not just the no-hitter. I mean, he has been consistently good since April. I don't think people realize how well the Angels have played. They're, mm-hmm. they're in the thick of it. Yeah. I mean, they're really right there behind the Rangers. They could win that division, and I, I think very highly of the Rangers. John Dank struggled, nine hits, four runs, and six innings. He had been really on fire coming into this. Yeah. you make anything of that outing? No, no, not one bad outing. Not going to worry about it, especially against the Yankees. So let's quick pitch then. Al's got one player in the AL, one in the NL to take a look at. Carlos Guillen is in the AL. Yeah, and actually I made this choice before last night even. So uh, you know, this doesn't have to, anything to do with his, uh, you know, his uh, home run uh, gaze or anything like that. Um, oh, no, that was uh, – or- when was that? That was Saturday, I think, oh, okay. when Verlander almost threw a no hit. Oh, that's right. Or that's maybe right. it was Sunday. Yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of contentious games lately. I mean, yes, getting, getting them all blended together. Yeah, it's been crazy. So, but anyhow, back to Carlos Guillen. Um, yeah, I, you know, I saw him as somebody who could really, you know, kind of step in and maybe be a good replacement option at second base. And he's been hitting with with a little bit of power since he's come back. He's been back about two and a half weeks. Um, but I took a, a closer look at Guillen, and over the last two weeks, he ranks thirty fifth in head-to-head points uh, among second basemen. And I thought, what is up with that? Now, he's only owned in 15% of leagues, but he's starting in almost all those. And um, just no patience at the plate at all so far. And I looked a little further back, and that extends to even most of last season. And Guillen, for a lot of his career, has been a pretty patient hitter, good on-base guy. Uh, But that's changed, so I think he's really morphed into a pretty one-dimensional guy with, you know, decent power for a second baseman and, and really not much else you can count on. He's driving in a few, driving in some runs 
But, uh, you know, even in AL-only leagues, when you got a guy who's ranking 35th, uh, I think you can look for some options there, and, and he may be a guy even in those deep formats that you think about stashing. AL only, Carlos Guillen or Dustin Pedroia? <laughs> I'll go Pedroia here. Yeah, the reason why I said that is because I want to I wanna say this right now. He is the AL MVP, in my opinion. Uh, I think you can definitely make that argument right now. He has been so good. Gonzalez had a, had a great case for it earlier, and there's some other guys, I'm sure, but... He has been so good, and he comes up with big hits. I think he has 22 steals, too, Dustin Pedroia. Yeah, having a heck of a year after a really bad start. Bad start. Yeah. Very bad start. AL or NL player for AL Al. Um, <laughs> that's how you spell it. <laughs> Anibal Sanchez. Yeah, again, another one who was uh, surprising to me, uh, you know, sort of like Irvin Santana. Sanchez's ERA is not far under four, which – isn't too impressive, especially if you're a standard mixed league owner, but a guy who's really improved by leaps and bounds this season, striking out about two extra batters every nine innings so far, more than one per inning. Wow. That puts him in, in elite territory, at least in, in the strikeout category. He's also scaled back his walk rate. Um, so really, really big improvements there. And when you look at those rate stats, uh, strikeout, ground ball, home run, walk rates, all pretty similar to John Lester. And, you know, to me, that's a name that I associate with, you know, elite status in fantasy. And it seems a little jarring to me to put Sanchez in that company. But, um, you know, he's been a Bay Bip victim this year. And I think if that were not the case, he'd be getting a lot more buzz. And, uh, you know, maybe over the next two months, he will get that, uh, get that credit and he'll perform uh, up to a John Lester type level. What do, you, what do you know about the new stadium, by the way? You know the dimensions? I uh, no, no, nothing about that at all. Um, I mean, I drive past it all the time. I see it. It looks <laughs> like it's going to be really cool. But, uh, yeah, and I don't know how it's, it's going to play. Um, I mean, given that they've built their team uh, around pitching for years, yeah. uh, I'd be kind of surprised if they made it a hitter's park. You never know, especially with the stadium that's going to be indoors a lot. True. Hard, hard to know how that's going to play. Riley Gula is our first emailer. Now, Riley sent us one yesterday. We told him to make some changes, and he came through. So here we go. Daily 12-team, 5-by-5, head-to-head, 30-man keeper league. I can keep up to eight players, but it takes up the first eight picks of next year's draft. Who should I keep? I'm already keeping Vado, Tulo, Pence, Ugla, Ryan Zimmerman, Brandon Beachy. So I need two more from this list. So pick two, Al. All right, two keepers out of this group. Adam Dunn. All right, and there's nothing. Okay, no restrictions on keepers, no uh, budget information, right? So it's just Correct. two best keepers. All, All right. right. Let me read, let me read yeah. the list. Okay. <laughs> Forget the drill here? <laughs> I did. Adam Dunn, Ben Zobrist, Michael Morse, Lance Berkman, Jed Lowry, James Shields, Craig Kimbrell, Justin Masterson, Francisco Liriano. Dunn, Zobris, Morse, Berkman, Lowry, Shields, Kimbrell, Masterson, Liriano. Okay, and he already has uh, Beachy. I guess Beachy's the only starter he's settled on. Huh? Yeah. So, um, all right, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, keep a reliever with, uh, he says he's got eight keepers, right? So that, all right, two, we need two more, and I've narrowed down to Zobrist, Berkman, um, and uh, Shields, Masterson, Liriano, maybe one of those three as a starter. Ah, uh, you know, yeah, he'd go with the two two hitters here, Berkman and Zobrist. That's I'm, I'm, know, a little, I'm a little hesitant on Berkman because I love Michael Morse. Yeah, I love him. You wouldn't even consider that. I consider it, but uh, in an eight keeper league, I think you know 
If you get to nine or ten, he's on that list. But with eight, I don't think so. Okay. And, and I even hesitate on Berkman because, uh, you know, it's been a great comeback season for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's why I would consider going with Morris over Berkman. Yeah. Just because of age. I would, I would take my chances. Zobris and Berkman. Dear Fantasy Pod people, comes from Pete in Pasadena. 10-team Daily Roto League, currently in first place. Categories where I could see improvements are saves, wins, ERA, and whip. My closers, Putz and Madsen, both went down. I got Santos off waivers, traded for Mariano Rivera. Now everyone's healthy, so he has Putz, Madsen, Santos, and Mariano. Only two spots for relievers and four relief pitchers. There is an innings limit that I that could come into play if I go too crazy with starters. So, do I drop one or two of my relievers in favor of some waiver starters? Try to trade one or two of them, or keep all four every day and uh, keep all four on every day. Pick who gets the call. I would try to get. I think four is overkill. So I would uh, try to trade one of them. Uh, let's see. Maybe see who you can get for Santos because I think he's the the weakest of the four. See if you can get some value there. Um, so, yeah, go with uh, keep two, stash one. Obviously, he has to keep two. Yeah, you could do you could do okay with three. Yeah, and then all right, and he's also saying okay, drop in favor of waiver starters. Would yeah, I, I, I would try the, the trade market first before you yeah. go for a waiver swap. If, if you drop any of those guys, they're going to get picked up. Yeah. So you might as well try So my first step, I would say, is put Santos on the trade market, see what you can fetch. If, if it's absolutely dry, maybe do a, a waiver swap for a starter then. Dear Fantasy Presidents, please pick two of these in a 14-team Roto non-keeper league. 14-team Roto. Fowler, Goldschmidt, Derek Lee, Hideki Matsui. Pick two. Fowler, Goldschmidt, Derek Lee, Matsui. Uh, Fowler and Goldschmidt. Bingo. Mike in Detroit, head-to-head league. Would you drop Edwin Jackson, Matt Garza, J.J. Hardy, or Mark Burley for Adam Lind and Starlin Castro? Definitely would want both of these guys. As they think here about format, I'm not really sure that matters. It's a head-to-head league. Uh, oh, he's hesitant okay. to drop Edwin Jackson and Garza because they make two starts in Fantasy Week 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and he wants to bring Lind and Castro on board. Uh, let's see. Nothing about Burley here. Yeah, drop Burley because he's a he's a, a stream guy anyway. Would you drop anyone for Castro, though, because he already has Reyes? So now you're talking about mm. playing him at middle infield, which isn't bad. No, not bad at all. No, nothing wrong with that. But maybe there are a second baseman that could outproduce him. But, yeah, so you'll drop Burley for, for Lind or Castro. Yeah, and if we put aside the two-start thing for a second – uh, I would drop Jackson. So, uh, you know, it sort of depends without knowing his whole roster situation. But I would, I would probably, if this were my team, I'd probably would go ahead and drop Jackson and Burley. Okay. And finally, Chris Weiss in Columbus, Ohio. A couple of injury replacement questions for you. So he's without Brian McCann and, well, Hanley Ramirez mm-hmm. for a few games. Okay. Um, at catcher, I'm using J.P. Aaron Sibia. Uh, but was wondering if you'd recommend any of the other waiver wire options instead. Russell Martin, Mike Napoli, Jared Saltalamacchia, Chris Iannetta. Top of the show, buddy. Mike Napoli, right? Yeah. Uh, I think both Napoli and Iannetta would be upgrades. Uh, Napoli would be my pick here. For shortstop replacements, the best available free agents are D. Gordon, Rafael Fercal, and Alcides Escobar. 
Um, what do you think? I'd go Gordon there. Yeah, but Hanley, you probably won't have to make a move because Hanley should be back soon, we hope. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's a chance that he could miss more than a few games. And, you know, if that's your situation, I think Gordon's your guy. D. Gordon, I believe, has reached base safely in the three games he's been up uh, since the call-up. And I think he stole base last night. That's, so that's a streak. That's what you're getting. <laughs> what you're getting from D. Gordon. Al, thank you. Getting Scott White back tomorrow. All right, we got to make room. He did very well in his absence. Thank you all for listening. Jeremiah Thermidor is our producer, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Social media Thursday tomorrow. Send us your tweets at CBS Fantasy News, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Adios.